0: What's up, everybody? Make sure you follow me on Instagram at Punch in the Mouth official, and then on in, on Twitter at official underscore p i t m. I think that's what it is. I can never remember my Twitter one for whatever reason.
1: Yeah, at official underscore p i t m.
0: Um, so we're coming down the wire, right? N- this weekend, we have Smith versus Oliveira. And then the following weekend, Bellator is done for the year. The following weekend, we have, um, the Blackbeats versus, how do you say his name?
1: Docus
0: So, we'll see, man. The So, what am I saying? I'm sorry, I'm looking at Twitter and I'm laughing. Um. So, Chris... I used to call him the caucus, but that's not how you say it. Caucus. So, the Black Beast will finish the year off. So, we're going to have next week's show. And then... On my YouTube channel, Punch In The Mouth TV or PIM TV. I'm going to do an end of the year show. I have to talk with the person that I, I had scheduled to be my co-host. to See if he's still going to do it. If not, I have to find someone new. If not, I will do it by myself. I don't care. But there are YouTube cha- channels, YouTube videos coming. I have to record it. I'm going to drop those, hopefully. Not hopefully. They will be dropped by tomorrow. And then you got this podcast. That's going to be up. Hopefully you're listening to it. But we're coming down to the wire. 2021 is over. One more podcast for next week. And then. YouTube videos. I'm going to be better at doing it in 2022. I promise. I've been better doing it recently. I'm going to be better doing it in 2022. But guys, thank you for your continued support. Again, if you have friends that like MMA and you like hearing me talk, hopefully you don't have me sped up like I know my friends do, but they speed me up. Those guys are mean, man. I hope you don't speed me up. But if you do, that's cool too. Thank you. But yeah, again, thank you for the support. You can email me at punchinthemouthofficial at gmail.com if you have any questions fan questions. Thanks guys. I hope you have a good Christmas. Wait, why am I saying that? I'm going to see I'm you I hope you guys tune in next week for the final podcast of 2021. Deuces. going on everybody first and foremost i would want to say i am currently editing the videos i have recorded for my youtube channel i ran into a couple problems yesterday that's why it's not up now but it'll be up soon so it's eight o'clock right now on wednesday night so by the time you hear this hopefully you hear it tomorrow which is thursday and it'll be up at some point tomorrow because i'm gonna put a timer on it Right now, I'm thinking I'll have it drop around 1 p.m. There's going to be two videos because I have two videos recorded already. So, they should be dropping around 30 ish 2. Between 1 to 2, 1 to 2. Okay, without further ado, episode 36. Let's get to it. First and foremost, I want to say this. Somebody else said it, but... I promise you, I've been thinking this and said it before. Jose Aldo is the Tom Brady of MMA. If you don't agree with me, that's okay. I just think he's the Tom Brady of MMA. Why? Tom Brady is probably going to win the Super Bowl this year again. Even though right now the favorites to go are the Buccaneers and the Patriots. I honestly believe Tom Brady has all the tools to do it again. And it'll be the first time since he did the 3P with Bill Belichick to win it back to back. And he's 42. I remember after Jose Aldo lost to Conor McGregor, we are like, there's no way he's going to be champion again. And right now, he's ranked number 3. Number 3. Congratulations, Jose Aldo. I remember there was a time that he was thinking about leaving MMA altogether to go to boxing. I'm glad he didn't. The boxing is still there it's still there if I have criticism for Jose is that he doesn't use the leg kicks when they ask him to because the leg kicks really did help him when he did use them for whatever reason he's gotten away from that I wish he would go back to it and then the other thing that concerns me is his cardio like we can see he he was dominating the fight but he was getting tired and like when he would get Rob on the floor it was just to hold him there. Like he wasn't trying to finish him or anything like that. He was just trying to hold him to have what they call in pro wrestling rest spots. So if there's any criticism of that, it's that. Because TJ's not just going to let him hold him there. Because that should be his next fight. Because he's catapulted over Corey Sandhagen in the rankings. And that's smart that he called out TJ because... He could have sat there and said, Give me a world title shot, which it wouldn't have happened because Peter Yan and Algermaine certainly need a fight first. So it was smart of him to call out TJ Dillashaw. Sorry, I was looking for something. Rafael Fazib. Remember, I kept saying Fizia, but it's Fazib. Be- beats Brad Rydell. Bro, Rafael Fazib? That dude's going to be a problem. Let me see, is he ranked? I had the rankings up, where did they go? Oh, they're right here. Is he ranked? He's ranked number 11. E- Have not fight Greg Gillespie. Because then it's hard, right? Because the number 9, believe it or not, it's Conor McGregor. And then number eight is Dan Hooker. Even though I believe before Conor comes back to fight, he's going to be out of the rankings because it'll be a year since he fought. I don't know. Th- different rules apply to Conor. I'm not talking smack. It's just the truth. Different rules apply to him. So I'm going to fight Gregor Gillespie. That'd be a good fight. Um, Dan Hooker's. Hinted of going down the featherweight. So forget Dan Hooker. So Dan Hooker number eight. For right now. I like there's nobody in number eight. And everybody's going to go up. So I believe Rafael Fazeeb. Will be number ten. Gregor Gillespie will be number nine. And Conor McGregor's going to be number eight. And then everybody else will just. Stay. But everybody from nine to fifteen. Will move up one spot. But yeah, man, Rafael Fazib, he's one to look out for because he was losing that fight. He gave Brad Rideau that big gash in his eye and then beat him with the spinning kick. Crazy stuff, crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. Jim, Jamal Hall-Hill, I was going to say Hall-Hill, beats Jimmy crew. That was a crazy fight. I'm surprised Jamal was the underdog. Clay Guida beats Leonardo Santos. Again, he wants to fight Nate Diaz, but I just don't see that happening. Chris Curtis beats Brandon Allen. Again, crazy fight. Chris Curtis, you have a fan in me. He liked my comment on Twitter. If he could follow me on Twitter, I would really appreciate that. If everybody follows me on Twitter, I would really appreciate it. And if you don't know, it, at official underscore P-I-T-M. Again, at official underscore P-I-T-N. So, I'm really excited to see what happens for Chris Curtis. Next, Alex Morno beats Mickey Gall. That's a feel-good story, right? Because I don't know if Alex Morno's dad has some type of health issues, but they were saying that this is probably going to be his last time watching him fight live. So, I don't know what's going on there, but I'm glad he was able to get his hand raised for his dad let's move on bro to the big fight this weekend UFC 269 Oliveira versus Poirier are you guys excited I'm freaking excited let's go down this card ready main event Charles Dubronx Oliveira versus El Diamante Dustin Poirier Amanda of the Lioness Nunez versus the Venezuelan vixen Juliana Pena, Jeff Neal versus Santiago Pontenibio. The, he has like a weird name that means Argentinian dagger. I don't know how to say it. Kai Kara-France fights former UFC bantamweight champion in his flyweight debut. Cody No Love Garbrandt. I'm going to say this but I'm going to butcher this dude's name but I think it's Halloween Paiva is going to fight Sugar Sean O'Malley and in the feature prelim like the last prelim Josh Emmett will fight 50K Dan Ige Dominic Cruz is fighting Pedro Munoz Augusto Sakai will fight Bam Bam Tai Tui do dude Tai wins I'll do a shui and I'll put it on Instagram Who's down? Who's down? Who's down? I'm down. I'll do a shoot and I'll put it on Instagram. And then Jordan Wright is going to fight Bruno Silva. And then I'm really excited for this guy. Andre Muniz is going to fight Eric Anders. And then Aaron Blanchinfield will fight Miranda Maverick. Alex Perez fights Matt Chanel. Ryan Hall will fight Darik Miner? Miner? I don't know if it's Miner or Miner. Randy, Randy Costa will fight Tony Kelly. Gillian Roberts will fight Priscilla Cocheria. Well, that's the girl that, that Mario Yamasaki told her. I was letting her be a warrior. I was letting her be a warrior. <laughs> I'm never going to forget that, bro. I'm never going to forget. Wait. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Oh. So. Miranda Maverick is a late replacement. I'm a fan of hers because she's a teacher and she's a fighter. Like. Good on you, dude. I'm really. I'm a big fan of hers. But let's start with the main event. Choros Oliveira versus Dustin Poirier. Good fight. It's a good fight. I don't like how people are counting out Charles Oliveira. I mean, the only proof I need to give you guys is look at what he did to Michael Chandler. He took his back. Yes, Michael was in his guard beating him up. But he survived that first round. And then what? what is he doing in the second round? He knocked him out. That's something Justin Gaethje couldn't do. Can you imagine? He clips Dustin Poirier. Dustin goes down. He chokes him out. I'm not saying Charles is going to win. Because I told you guys I was going to stop doing that on the show. But don't count out Bronx. Don't count him out. And I, I'll tell you one thing. I wouldn't be surprised if him and Islam Makachev fight in 2022. And he beats him. I'm talking about Charles Oliveira beating Islam. But what a feel good story it would be for Dustin Poirier. He went 2 all against Conor McGregor. He's got that fourth fight in the bank. Imagine Conor comes back, wins a few. Even though, I don't know if that's going to be likely. Because Conor McGregor is jacked to the gills. He is jacked. His coach even went on Ariel's show yesterday saying that. He's like, dude, I don't know. It looks like he's going to fight at light (laughs) heavyweight. Because they're saying, it's rumors that guy is weighing 190 pounds. My boy is Jack to the Gills. Let's move on. Amanda Nunes versus Juliana Peña. Wait, no, I can't move on. So Connor's Jack to the Gills. But Dustin went two and oh. He's got that fourth fight with him. Cause right now the series stands at two and one for Dustin. They're gonna do the fourth fight. It's too big not to do it. But can you imagine Dustin winning the belt? And then Connor wins three. Connor only has to win three. If not only, maybe one. And it looked really good doing it. And I believe that's something he could do. Especially since they're saying he might fight Rafael Dos Años in his return. Even Michael Chandler's ready to fight him? And what rank is Michael Chandler? I think Mike Chandler's top five. Easy. Mike Chandler right now stands at top five. And Connor's number nine. You don't think if Connor separates Mike Chandler from his senses? Which he is very capable of doing. You don't think that will warrant the UFC. Alright, let's give him a title shot. Because after that, he's got Islam. But Neil Darius, Justin Gaethje, and then either Charles or Dustin. Depending on how this weekend plays out. You don't think the UFC would do that? Connor's money. Like, people get upset. But that's what this game is about. The UFC's a business. They're gonna see what fight gives them the most money, and Conor McGregor does that. That's what I don't know if a lot of people know this, but have you noticed since Conor became such a big star, they never put champions on his card anymore? Do you guys know why? Cause he revenues so much money that the way the champions contracts are structured, if they're on that card, they get a piece of the gate. And the UFC doesn't want to be giving them that. Like, if they're going to let them revenue the money. It's a shady tactic, sure. But still. So, honestly, in said he's like, dude, I'm going to fight whoever has the belt. So deal with it. Hey, but there's that guy, Armin Sarukanon. That dude's a dark horse. I'm looking at the rankings. That dude is a dark horse. I wouldn't mind saying... Fizziev and Sarukana. Fizziev, I did it again. Fizziev, sorry. What am I saying? Fizziev and Sarukana fight. That guy's got a fan in me. Armin Sarukana. But we'll see, man. We'll see. Now we can move on. You don't. Amanda Nunez versus Juliana Pena. Bro, I'm going to tell you guys something. I've never felt for a fighter more than I feel for Juliana Pena's life. I'm going to tell you why. She's been saying some things. She's been saying some things that I'm pretty sure Amanda Nunez isn't very happy about. <coughs> Gosh darn it, I left my water over there. Anyway, she's been saying some things that I believe Amanda Nunez isn't very happy about. And I'm kind of scared. for. We're going to see what happens. The first 30 seconds of this fight is going to be very telling. I want to see, first of all, I want to see the press conference tomorrow. I'm saying tomorrow because it's going to be Thursday. I want to see the weigh-ins on Friday. Those things are going to be very telling, and then I want to see the first 30 seconds of this fight, because then I can tell you more or less how it's going to go. Now, if Juliana wins, good on you, girl. I've been a fan of her since The Ultimate Fighter. If she wins, she... First of all, you automatically become a legend, because you beat this person that everybody thinks is unstoppable. Number two, you set up big fights down the line with Valentina Chevchenko, who I believe beat her. I believe Valentina Chevchenko beat Juliana Pena. You set up a rematch with that, which now it would be way bigger. Number three. You're 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 in the go conversation for women MMA. So we'll see, man. It's a crazy fight. Who else is fighting? This card is stacked. What happened to my Bellator tabs, bro? Dang Okay. Well. I don't know what happened there, but I'll figure it out. I know what happened. I know what happened. Hold on. Okay,
1: that's not what happened.
0: Anyway, Jeff Neal versus Santiago Pontinibio. It's weird, right? Because I heard Jeff Neal just got arrested, but the fight's still gonna happen. I don't know, I'm a big Santiago Pontinibio fan. I hope he does well. If you guys haven't heard, he had like this really rare blood disorder. They thought he wasn't gonna be able to fight anymore. So I don't know, man. We'll just see what happens. Kai Kara Franz versus Cody Garbrandt. This is a new lease on life for Cody, right? I feel like he's kind of in a do-or-die situation because we saw how good Rob Font was against him, and then we saw how Jose Aldo dominated Rob Font. So I don't know if Cody's something happened to Cody during that training camp, or his, his days at bantamweight are over. But This is a new lease on life. I want to know. I wonder how he's gonna look on Friday, after the weight cut. I wonder how it's going for him right now. And then, if he knocks out Kai Kara-France, who I believe is ranked, he's ranked number six. So that shows you how much stock they're putting in Cody Garber. If Cody can go out there and beat the brakes off this guy, it's a new lease on life. And then I believe after that is Sean O'Malley versus Paiva. Again, putting a lot of stock in Sean O'Malley. A lot of people are mad because they believe Dominic Cruz versus Pedro Munoz should be on the main card rather than Paiva and Sean O'Malley. But Sean O'Malley is a star. Like Let's not forget that Sean O'Malley is a star. He knows he's cool. I've said this before. He knows he's cool. So that's why he comes off the way he comes off. But other than the Chito Vera fight, he's proved it. So we'll see what happens. I don't know why they don't give him at least a ranked opponent. What I think it is, is they're trying to build his star up with fights. He knows he can, they know he can win. And then they'll start giving him top competition. To see how he fares, because the only elite guy he's fought fought is Cheeto Vera. And he was doing well and then some freak accident happened with his ankle. And then Cheeto Vera took advantage. I'm not taking anything away from Cheeto Vera, because Cheeto Vera has fought some top guys and looked good doing it. Look at what he just did to Frankie Edgar. He looked good against Jose Aldo and then Jose found a hole in his game. Jose kept taking him down. Jose wins. Jose's top three right now. And Cheeto was competitive in that fight. That's my point. Josh M.A. versus Danny Gay. Somebody might go to sleep. Dominic Cruz versus Pedro Munoz. This is strange to me because I remember hearing Pedro Munoz was going to go down a flyway. So they might have offered him a lot of money to take this fight. Augusto Sakai versus Taitu Ibaza. Fireworks. Fireworks. Um, I like Ty. Uh, I said I wasn't going to do that, Tai Tuibasa, ready to see a bunch of shoes. and and if I could ask, can nobody put hot sauce in his beard, like that was rude, like whoever did that, that was rude, like you don't do that, you ask them, can I do this, and then if they say no, don't do it, just don't do it, and then he spat it out, poor guy. Um, Jordan Wright, Bruno Silva. Jordan Wright is the man. I believe his last fight was in Chandler versus Oliveira. Was that the last fight? That was the last fight I remember seeing him in. It was. And Andre Muniz versus Eric Anders, another good fight. Aaron Blanchfield versus Miranda Maverick. Another good fact. One falling under the radar line is this one. Alex Perez versus Matt Chanel. I don't know why these guys are on so early. Why wouldn't you put Jordan Wright and Bruno Silva on this portion of the prelims? And then you put these because these guys are ranked, so I believe they at least deserve that. Yeah, Perez is number four. And Chanel is number nine. So they should be on the ESPN plus prelims or ESPN prelims, not on the early prelims. I don't think that's fair, but that's just me. Oh, yeah,
1: that's UFC 269. Who you
0: guys got? No. Give me two seconds because I don't know what happened. That I took off the Bellator card that I had up, I should have done that one first since it happened. But Sergio, whoa, what happened? Sergio Perez versus Kyoji Horiguchi. What a crazy fight! What a crazy, crazy fight. Why don't I have internet? Son of a gun. Crazy fight. The reason I say crazy Kyoji was winning that fight. He was winning that fight all the way to the fourth round. And then Sergio Perez pulled a rabbit out of his hat with a spinning back fist. And that sequence itself was very crazy. If you guys did not see that fight, Sergio threw like a head kick. And he like spun around and was able to hit Horaguchi with a spinning back fist. So Sergio Perez beats Kyoji Horiguchi. Jeremy Kennedy beats Emmanuel Sanchez. Josh Hill beats Jared Shoggins. And then Johnny Eblin beats Colin Hugbody. Huck, mm. Okay. So. Sergio pulled the rabbit out of his hat, beats him with the spinning back fist, And then that's the only fight of the main card that I saw because I was going somewhere. And by the time I got to where I was going, they were showing Sergio Perez versus Kyoji Haraguchi. But from the looks of it, Jeremy Kennedy dominated Emmanuel Sanchez. Josh Hill ko Jared Shoggins. And then Johnny Eblen TKO'd Colin H- Hookbody. Now, this Johnny Eblin guy is funny because cause he trains at ATT, right? And so does Austin Vanderford, who is the next number one contender in the middleweight division. And I was on the media call and I asked him, Yo, like, I didn't talk to him. I'm like, so you're saying because he has said that he has no problem fighting Austin? So he goes. So I asked him. He's like, I'm like, you've said that you don't have a problem fighting Austin. Do do you worry that that's going to cause a similar situation between, between both of you like it did between Jorge and Colby? And he laughed and said, no, because Colby and Jorge were boys. I just know Austin. So that it's to me, it's strictly business. Like I have nothing personal against the guy, but those guys were boys. So I have no, I do not believe that will happen. So there's that and it's interesting right because I wonder if there's going to be more cards without title fights because if you're within the circle of Bellator there are big enough names like for example Douglas Lima and Michael Venom Page. I don't know if it'll happen next but they were a main event recently and it was only three rounds and Bellator has as starting next year in 2022. That there will be 5 round main events. So I don't know. If they'll start doing more events. W- with non-title bouts. That will be 5 rounds. To give other fighters more exposure. it would be cool. That'd be cool yeah. <laughs> so let's look at. The rankings for. Bellator. Um, yeah, okay, so Sergio's the champion, Juan is number one, Rafa Stott is number, Stotts is number two, Patchy Minks is number three, Magomer Mago, Magomed, Magomedov is number four, Leonardo Higo is number five, James Gallagher, number six, and then newly contender, Kyoji Hiraguchi, number seven. Mm, I don't believe this is correct. I believe he should at least be above James Gallagher because James Gallagher lost convincingly. like It was minutes in. And he, Kyoji Haraguchi's dominance in that fight, he got caught, but his dominance in that fight shows that he should be ranked higher. But honestly, it doesn't matter. And the reason their rankings really don't matter, I'll get into later. So, Jim Kennedy is number seven. Emmanuel Sanchez dropped down to number six. Pedro Cavallo went to number five. Aaron Pico went to number four. Matt Burnell's number three. Adam Boric's number two. Patricio Pitbull, number one, and A.J. McKee, champion. Uh, for Emmanuel Sanchez, do the third fight with, with Daniel Weichel. For Aaron Pico, if he either fight Matt Burnells or Adam Boric, you deserve to fight up. Or fight Pedro Cavallo. Even if, but if I was Pico, I would fight up. I would try to fight Mad- Mads Burnell or Adam Borix. Because I honestly do believe AJ McKee and Pitbull. Because of everything Pitbull has done. He deserves the rematch. I honestly believe that they'll give it to him. Um, and then for Johnny Eblin. If Austin Vanderford is really getting the next title shot, you can have him fight Costello Van Stenis, John Salter, or Leon Edwards' brother Fabian Edwards. Oh no, but you know who you should really have him fight to really prove himself? Is Anatoly Tokov. I'm a fan of that guy. The only reason that guy is number six and not number one is because he's been out for so long. But that dude is 30 and two. That guy is the dark horse. Anatoly Tokov. That guy is the dark horse. That's part of Team Fade. We're right there. So we'll see what happens, man. Bellator's looking good going into 2022. Should I talk about it now? Or should I talk about it later? What, are the, what else do I got on my notes? I think I should talk about it now, but let me see what else I got on my notes. So, Jermaine Durand and me. has been removed from the rankings. So I reached out to my source in the UFC. I'm like, yo, what's going on? I'm like, is she cut or 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 is it due to an activity because her last fight, I believe, was against I wanna say Juliana Pena back in October. And then she was scheduled to fight Irena Aldana right now and. In UFC New York 268, but she got hurt. So, yeah, he told me. She's like, no, she's still on the rosters. Did an activity. So, Jermaine Deranemi still there, but she's no longer in the rankings. <laughs> she's no longer in the rankings. So, if you're Caitlin Vieira, Aspen Ladd is trying to fight Misha Tate, Juliana Peggy is fighting the champ holly holmes i believe is nursing an injury you fight irene aldana like jose aldo took my advice he took my advice caitlin Vieira should be shooting to fight irene aldana at some point in 2022 like don't waste your time calling out the champion even though she's fighting this weekend you gotta put yourself in a position to where they have no choice but to start saying like okay So if, because right now, the one in that position is Irene. So if I'm Kaylin, I'm going, okay, I'm going to fight Irene because she's the one with with the star power right now that I can get to because I'm number five, number four, number three are out of play right now. So if she wants to fight right now, it's me. Unless what happened is both of these girls wait and they see how they get matched up. But if I'm then, I'm starting to talk smack about each other, so then the UFC goes, okay, we have something here. Let's put these two girls together. That's what you do. <laughs> so Darae Duranemi is not out of the UFC; she's just out of the rankings due to inactivity. I just wanted to get that across. I already talked about Conor McGregor looking big. Jake Paul will fight Tyron Woodley. That's something I didn't bring up. Why didn't I? Bring that up. Jake Paul will fight Tyron Willie after Tommy Fury pulls out. As of right now, I believe they have not said what happened to um Tommy Fury. Right here by Mark Mundy. Jake Paul's next opponent will also be his former opponent. Paul, the YouTube star turned prize fighter, will now fight former champion Tyrone Williams in a boxing rematch December 18th in Tampa, Florida. It was announced Monday Tommy Fury, Paul's scheduled opponent withdrew from the bout due to a severe chest infection and rib injury. Ow, Fury's team said in a statement, they're not saying ow, I am. The show must go on, Paul told ESPN, I have a responsibility to the fans. Who bought tickets who want to see me fight this year? I have a responsibility to the fighters on the undercard who are counting on this payday. I was like, give me anybody. Let's make it happen. Tyron Woodley just so happened to step to the, up to the plate. Paul Woodley, too, will be contested in 192 pounds over eight rounds, the same specifics as the original plan. Belt with Fury. Paul beat Woodley by split decision on August 29th in Cleveland. Some controversy followed the bout. Paul and Woodley agreed in the ring after the fight to have a rematch if Willie got a tattoo on his body that said I love Jake Paul. Willie got the tattoo on his left middle finger in September. At the time though Paul said Willie was too late and he was moving on without him. Paul versus Fury was announced in, in late October. The rematch It always made sense Paul said it didn't make as much sense as me fighting Tommy Fury then and there. Willie is ready and he did Get the tattoo. He was the only one on the list, really, that could sell pay-per-views. I can't just go in there and fight some journeymen like most of these boxers do. W- Willie Hurdle, the 39-year-old former UFC champion, had continued training the possibility of competing again boxing or MMA early next year. Paul's advisor, Nekisa, who co-founded Paul's Most Valuable Promotion, that he spoke to Woodley on Wednesday and Thursday. Paul found out the news Friday morning. He said a deal was in place Friday night. Dang. That's how fast these things move. But I didn't know that. I didn't know Tommy Fury had a chest infection and rib injury. Speedy recovery to him. Now if Tyrone Woodley wins. That throws a wrench into this whole thing. right? Because then the jake paul show stops one thing that this thing didn't say is that paul also has a clause in in the in the contract that says if tyrone willie knocks him out he'll give him another five hundred thousand dollars what was that oh it's right here the kids said willie will earn a five hundred thousand dollar bonus if he's able to knock paul out which paul team told us to debunk the rumors that paul has been putting and no knockout clause in his boxing contract. I'm not going to read the rest. It's just stuff. One thing I will say is that Amanda Serrano will be the co-main event. Going to fight Miriam Gutierrez. And then a fight between Darian Williams and accomplished NFL running back Frank Gore will take place on the undercard. That is hilarious. I'm sorry. That's just funny to me. That
1: is hilarious.
0: So there's that. Let's talk about Kevin Lee. I believe Kevin Lee's next, right? I don't think I wrote this part in my notes. Okay. We're going to talk about Kevin Lee and then... Um. This is by Brett Okamoto. The UFC has released former interim lightweight challenger Kevin Lee from his active roster. Lee's management confirmed to ESPN on Tuesday. According to Lee's manager, Markel Martin, the 29-year-old has mul- had multiple fights left on his contract. But the UFC elected to terminate the agreement. Lee, 18 7, is currently serving a six-month suspension from the Nevada State Athletic Commission for a positive test of amphetamine. However, that suspension ends February 28th, as the substance is not a performing enhancing. The UFC's decision to release Kevin Lee is disappointing and unfortunate, Martin told ESPN. Kevin is young and talented, and has fought some of the toughest guys on the UFC roster. I think the UFC made the wrong decision in releasing him, but we all believe there is a brighter day ahead in Kevin's future. Originally from Detroit and now finding out of Las Vegas, Lee challenged Tony Ferguson for the interim lightweight championship in October seventeenth. He came up short via submission. Stands the interim title. Tabo- so basically, the UFC felt like he wasn't—they weren't—he wasn't doing much for them. That's why they released him. Dude, where did all my stuff go? Cause I had an oh, it's right here. This is from Yahoo. Kevin Ioli. I love Kevin Ioli. Ready? U.S. debut of Khabib Nurmagomedov's Eagle FC to feature Rashad Evans' return to fighting. Um, Former UFC lightweight champ Khabib Nurmagomedov's first U.S. card for his Eagle FC fight promotion will lure UFC Hall of Famer out of retirement. Former light heavyweight champion Rashad Evans will end retirement to fight an opponent to be named at Eagle FC 44 on January 28th in Miami. Yahoo Sports has learned exclusively. ESPN first reported that the card will be headlined by a heavyweight belt between Antonio Silva and Tyrone Spong. Evans retired on June 25th, 2018 ending a career in which he won the Ultimate Fighter at heavyweight and became UFC light heavyweight champion, but it did not end well for Evans. He lost his last five fights and seven of his last nine. He dropped down to middleweight and lost two bouts before moving back up to light heavyweight and losing to Anthony Smith in 53 seconds of the first round. He retired after that bout. Ramon Gomedov has been running his promotion in Russia, but has been planning to run shows in the U.S. for a while. He is relying on similar names in the U.S., If you though it comes there is a there is baggage the 42 year old Silva has lost six in a row and eight of nine. He'll fight Spong, a close friend of Evans, who is 14 and 0 and 107 and 7 and 1 as a kickboxer, but only 2 and 0 as MMA fighter. Spong hasn't fought in MMA since 2013. I mean, the problem is, like, what do we want these other promotions to do, man? Like, the ones with the talent, Bellator 1, UFC, and PFL, they have all the best people. And within those four, we know the best go to the UFC. So, like, what do you want them to do? They're gonna have to ask these veteran guys to fight some amateurs, basically. Like, I don't blame them, but what do you you want them to do? Yeah, I'm gonna talk about something. It's kind of sad. So, Ian Copeland was a professional Irish MMA fighter. He was training in preparation for a fight. And then he suffered a freak accident in July of 2021 that left him paralyzed. He spent three months in Galloway University Hospital and subsequently has been transferred to the National Rehabilitation Hospital in Dung Langhor where he is, continues his re- rehabilitation through various forms of therapy. Unfortunately Ian's worst fears came true when doctors told him that he may never walk again and that he will He will be reliant on caretakers to assist him with, with daily tasks. His therapists are currently working with him to prepare him for a life in a wheelchair. But Ian is not giving up without a fight. We have found hospitals in Germany. This is a statement on a GoFundMe page. I will give you guys context in a moment. We have found hospitals in Germany that specialize in spinal cord injury. Patients like Ian and they have reviewed his case and are determined that he is a very suitable candidate for a combined stem cell and hall hybrid assistive limb treatment. With this new fundraising campaign, we are hoping to cover Ian's stem cell and hall treatments which will cost 73,000 euros in total. The doctors are confident that they will have Ian walking, but at a bare minimum, the treatment will enable him to regain some independence. Ian is a fighter at heart. He is driven with his ambitions, and he has fire in his soul that he is burning stronger than ever before. That is burning stronger than ever before. He has an abundance of life to live. He has a lot to give, and he needs us to help him in the most important fight of his life. Okay. So John Cavanaugh, the coach of Conor McGregor, went on the MMA Hour yesterday, and he said, we're gonna do this charity and he explained this this guy's situation and they raised f- almost fifty thousand euros they just need 20 thousand more to go and he's gonna do um for people based in Ireland he's gonna do a seminar that if they if they donate a hundred euros they could take part in the seminar like even people from different teams in Ireland are gonna Get together and do this super seminar. He got Conor McGregor's Reebok boots that he wore for the entire Mayweather training camp. Conor McGregor is going to sign them. They're going to auction them off. So hopefully they get it. I hope this guy, I'm going to try to reach out to John to see if there's any update in a few months. I don't know if I will be able to get a response from him, but we shall see. Again, I will put it on my Twitter, which is at official underscore i I'll put the link. If anybody that hears this can donate, it would be nice if you do so. Um, But yeah, so let's move on to some other fun stuff, bro. This is the official press release from Bellator. It was officially announced tonight at Bellator's 272 Pettis vs. Haraguchi event that next year's prestigious Bellator World Grand Prix will take place in the promotion's incredibly stacked Bantamweight division. The winner of tonight's 135-pound world championship fight between Sergio Pettis and Kyoji Haraguchi will defend their title next year in a Bantamweight World Grand Prix featuring a gauntlet of the eight best athletes the world class has to offer. In addition to both Pettis and Haraguchi, the Bantamweight World Grand Prix is set to feature former divisional champ Juan Archuleta, number 2 rank Rafian Sta, number 3 rank Patchy Minx, number 4 rank Magomed Magomedov, number 5 rank Leonardo Higo, and number 6 rank James Gallagher will all vie for the right to be named the next Bellator Bantamweight Champion and take home a grand prize of uh, $1 million. The first round matchups up the additional details and dates and locations and tournament alternates will be revealed to All tournament belts will be contested five rounds and will be telecast in the United States exclusively on Showtime. Um... Warmer, but uh, that doesn't matter. Okay, whatever. Okay, you you guys did hear when I said first round matchups and additional details such as dates, locations, and tournaments. Alternates will be revealed soon, right? I'm going to give you how I believe this is going to go. If this is true with how they're saying it's going to be, I believe it starts next month in January. At the forum. Like they have a tradition of doing that. it's going to end in 2023. In January at the forum. So this is how I believe it happened. And I don't think Sergio's going to be part of the opening night.
1: Because I believe you're
0: going to have Chris Cyborg headline that day. So this is how, what I think happened. They put. Patchy
1: Minx fights Magomed Magomedov
0: and Leonardo Higo fights Jim G- Gallagher in the opening night. If that's really going to happen in LA. like So th- those are two fights. I believe Patchy Minx will fight Magomed Magomedov. And Leonardo Hugo fights James Gallagher. And then some, at some point down the line. Haraguchi fights Juan Archuleta. And Rafael Stant gets the first crack at Sergio Perez. The only reason I say Rafael Stant. Is because he beat Magomed Magomedov. Patchy Mings lost to Juan Archuleta. And I believe. Juan Archuleta should fight Haraguchi because of that great promo he cut on him. So I believe the only one eligible to fight. Not eligible, but in my mind should get the first crack at Sergio is Rafael Stantz. Not Rafael, Rafael Stunts. So, there are my openings. So, I'll say it again. I believe Sergio will fight Rafian Stanz. Juan Archuleta is going to fight Kyoji Haraguchi. Patchy Minx will fight Mago Med Mago Medoff. And Leonardo Higo will fight James Gallagher. That's for me. I don't know what. The opening rounds are set already. I know that because John almost let it slip the other day. They're already said. They just haven't announced them. It should be announced very, very soon. So, that's for me. Those are my opening round picks. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm right. Uh, Let me see if there's anything else. Oh, bro. It's time for my favorite portion of the show. We get to play Mamma match. Mamma maker. Even though I kind of already been doing it. We're going to do it. So there was a little preview of the matchmaking for the Bellator light heavyweight grand prix let me go back to the because i believe chris cyborg will headline the event she should fight Kat zingano because they're already going back and forth let's fight LA in january so they might do that um i believe patricky pitbull is gonna fight Primus next Although I wouldn't mind seeing Umar Us- Usman fight, um, not Umar, Usman, Nurmagomedov fight, Brett Primus, and then Nurmagomedov possibly fighting Pitbull down the line in 2022. I believe AJ, if he is to fight again, is going to be against Pitbull. I want to see Aaron Pico either fight Mads, Burnell, or Adam Boric. I know Gegard Mousasi is gonna probably fight Austin Vanderford for next. So in the meantime, I would want to see Johnny Allen fight a- Anatoly Tokov, because I believe that that's a fight nobody's talking about. Anatoly Tokov versus Gegard Mousasi because of how low Anatoly Tokov's ranking is. We're going to see Michael Venom-Page versus Yagoslav Amosov at some point in 2022. If if this next fight really is going to be Fedor's next fight, last fight, I would, like, honestly, I would be upset that they're gonna, if they were to give him Ryan Bader because if he beats him, the only thing Fedor's going to do is vacate the belt and then Valentin Moldovsky becomes the heavyweight champion by default because he's the interim champ so I don't know so I don't know um as far as the UFC goes as far as the UFC goes if Cody beat Kaikara France and Kaikara France is number 6 I wouldn't want to see him fight Brandon Royval although I don't really want to do this with that card I'm not going to do that for those fighters. I mean, let's look at fighters that just fought. Because I don't like doing what-ifs. Okay, I'm only going to do three 3 yet. I'm going to do Jose Aldo versus Rafa, Rafael Fizzy versus Brad Rydell. And then Jamal Hill versus Jimmy Crute. I'm going to do those three. And then I'm out of here. Jose Aldo, okay, Jose Aldo. I believe I said he should fight T J, right? Jose Aldo's number three. Fight TJ. Like Hound the UFC for over it. Gimme T J gimme T J like don't take no for an answer unless it's Peter Young or Jermaine Sterling. Or even Corey Sandhagen. I know he's lost twice, but the last one was like, he took a short notice, so So you tell him, give me TJ, give me TJ. Like, that should be his number one thing. And then, I believe I said... Rafael Fazeev. I wouldn't mind seeing him fight Armin. Or Gregor Gillespie. Because after that, it's killers. And then Jamal Hill... He's number 12, right? He said he'll fight Johnny Walker, but I believe Johnny Walker already has a fight lined up. I wouldn't be surprised if it's Paul Craig. Why don't you fight Nikita Krylov or Volkan Ozdemir? Because, okay, so one thing I forgot to say is Jan Brockovich versus Alexander Rekic seems to be a done deal. Um, Tiago Santos versus Magomed Kilaev is already announced and set for... At some point in March of 2022 I believe Anthony Smith will end up fighting Dominic Reyes so I'm Jamal Hill I'm trying to shoot between Nikita Krylov and Volkan Ozdemir but that's all I got for you guys all right I'll see you guys later
1: doofces